President Biden announced the Water Sector Action Plan in January, I believe. Sure. And it was planned to install cyber protections on water systems within 100 days. How successful yeah. has that been, Riggs? Where was the funding? I mean, <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, King Canute waves and the waters recede. Right. No, okay. I mean, yeah. you have to actually fund the plan and, and get behind it. Aging water systems, long plagued by disintegrating pipes, now must contend with another danger. In recent years, hackers have threatened municipal drinking and wastewater operations across the U.S., from Maine to Florida, Maryland to California. And such attacks are on the rise as more systems go digital. Hi, I'm Mike Curran, and today on Let's Converge, we're talking water safety and critical infrastructure. Joining me today is Riggs Eckleberry, the CEO of Origin Clear a startup that's looking to disrupt the trillion-dollar water services industry. Riggs comes at water from the world of high tech. As president and COO of the security software company Cyber Defender, he led that firm to an IPO on the NASDAQ. Now he's looking to create a powerful, profitable Airbnb for water, privatizing water treatment and funding it with asset-backed, high-yield water annuities. So Riggs, we know that the public water systems are underfunded. But the problem resulting from that underfunding that we usually hear about is health related. You know, old lead pipes leaching toxins into the water systems like in Flint, Michigan. Uh, But there's another vulnerability, the risk of cyber attack. How worried are you about a cyber attack on our water supplies? Well, Mike, it's inevitable because we have a um, 150 plus thousand water systems, uh, which means that there's a lot of very small ones. They are, you know, little country, country systems. And as a result, um, you know, you can get into a problem of just not enough resources to handle the problem. This mm-hmm. is a generalized issue. So as you mentioned, water systems are generally underfunded by the, to the tune of $75 billion negative each year. So we're digging ourselves this huge hole. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I think people are worrying less about cyber attacks than about the water quality. And yeah. I, I can't say they're wrong. When you say underfunded rigs, is that just that there's obvious improvements that need to be made, but they're just not voting bonds to fund these systems or define underfunded? Sure. Well, uh, since the 70s, the contribution by the federal government to municipal water systems has completely almost disappeared. And in fact, it went from grants to loans. Uh, So the federal government got out of the water business completely. The cities and counties, the water districts that were doing the work also were, were faced with increasing demands for water standards. You know, for example, let's say the arsenic standards were increasing mm-hmm. and that created an additional burden. And finally, you have, you know, growing population. And here's the most recent factor, which is that you got populations moving from the megacities out to the boonies. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, hey, it's great that we moved out to Bergen County, but yeah. but Bergen County may not have the resources needed that that they had in Hoboken or or, or Staten Island. So sure, that's sure. the problem: is that you have overburdened systems by reason of demand, regulations, and just f- sheer lack of financing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lux Research has quantified this as being roughly twenty five billion dollars okay. increasing backlog every year. So the problem keeps getting worse year after year. But, you know, getting back to the cyber issue, at the end of the day, it's going to have to be the federal government that gets involved because who's going to coordinate it all? Who's going to have a uniform standard for, you know, in-depth defenses? I came out of the security software industry. That's what I did for years. I took a security software company public in the early 2000s. And the best defense, of course, is a defense in depth, layered 
defenses. Well, you've got logins with the password being the word password. Yeah. I mean, this is not a secure environment. Mm. Now, okay. so what's good about it is that so far the, the cyber attacks that have occurred have been defeated by vigilance of individuals. So an individual notice, hey, what's going on here? And, and turn, you know, close the valve or whatever. I, I think, and, and that is the upside of relatively legacy systems. And they're not too complicated. If mm-hmm. things go south, they can be stopped. But, you know, at the end of the day, we have to do something. Well, it seems like it, it is being noticed. I mean, President Biden announced the Water Sector Action Plan in January, I believe. Sure. And it was planned to install cyber protections on water systems within 100 days. How successful yeah. is that, Ben Riggs? Where was the funding? I mean, <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, King Canute waves and the waters recede. Right. No, okay. I mean, yeah. you have to actually um, fund the plan and, uh, and get behind it. And meanwhile, you've got municipalities. I mean, you know, there's that story in Compton, California, where, the you know, three, four years ago, the, the water started running brown. Mm-hmm. And the residents said, what's going on with this? And, this, and this, the, the water district said, well, it's magnesium. It doesn't hurt you. And they went, well, we'd rather have clear water if it's okay. And the water district said, well, it would have been nice if you'd voted the funds for the last 10, 15 years, but you mm-hmm. didn't. Mm. That got resolved by simply, you know, being absorbed by the city of LA's uh, metropolitan uh, district. But but still, it illustrates the problem, which is cities and counties have many, many uh, concerns. And water tends to be out of sight, out of mind. And the real issue, in my opinion, and what makes this a, uh, a scandal is that 89% of water use is by industry and agriculture. In the United States, roughly equal. And um, why why are the cities and counties having to deal with all of that business and industrial load mm. when they really should be in the business of supplying the people, the sure. residents? Right, right, right. No, absolutely. But tell, let's talk a little bit about Origin Clear. Your company has a rather ambitious idea. From what I understand, you offer these small, modular, prefabricated water treatment systems. They enable companies and housing developments to have their own dedicated water supply. How how exactly does that work, Riggs? Well, first of all, um, there's a trend, an organic trend toward off-grid water systems because, for example, if you're a housing developer in a very popular area like like Florida, you're running out of room. It's location, location, location. And if you want to be located in a pretty good place, you're going to look at places that that aren't served by sewage. And then you're looking at a big bill to, to go ahead and pipe it in. Well, the technology exists today to take these completely off-grid, and now you have the opportunity to create housing communities that are truly self-sufficient, and that's happening already. We're working, for example, with a uh, tiny homes development in Texas for the homeless that is quite a fascinating project, and they've already committed to doing the water treatment for that, that site, take care of it so that they don't burden the, the municipality. Mm-hmm. So that's already happening. Mm-hmm. Now, we are sort of kicking it up a notch by turning it into water as a service. Because my opinion is that, sure, some people have all the money they need, but most people don't. And so if you're trying to, uh, let's say, run a brewery, and all of a sudden you got to handle the water, well, generally you're not funded to handle the water. Generally you're funded to make beer. Mm -hmm. So what we say is, look, we'll just replace the city. We'll still pay on the meter, but you'll pay us. And we'll put in the water system at our expense. We'll maintain it. You just pay per gallon. And that's you know what is generically called water as a service. We call it water on demand. And what's unique about our program is it's open to regular investors to come in 
and get an asset-based investment. And and so it's a lot like these uh, master limited partnerships in oil and gas where you can invest in an oil well. Uh, you and me can do it. I mean, it's it's a sophisticated investment, but it's not it's something that anyone can do. And yeah. we, we believe that that is the future of Waters of Service is to get regular investors involved. Mm, okay. Let's say I own this brewery. Mm-hmm. Why why would I want to get water as a service versus going through the utility? Right. Well, first of all, number one, water rates are rising fast mm-hmm. and um, at sometimes unsustainable rates, 65% higher than ordinary inflation. Number two is that if you're treating your own water, you can get more than one turn out of it, which is attractive business-wise. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of recycling. You know, it, we don't do enough of it in this country. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't. you've heard the stats. I mean, it's crazy. Mm. You know, Israel manages to get almost 90% recycling, but they have a command economy. They can basically say, you know, let it be. So mm. uh, we have a very fragmented uh, system. Mm. As a result, there, there's, there's not a lot of action. At, the, the cities have a hard time doing it. And in fact, I just saw that um, Tampa City Council rejected a water reuse program generally called toilet to tap, which is not a, mm-hmm. it's not a great way to market it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they tend to get people just kind of don't like it. So yeah. it's not going to happen centrally. It's going to happen at the margins. Mm, okay. Let's talk about decentralizing the water supply. Why is that a good idea? Why will it keep us safer? Now, what you're getting at is, well, what about the fresh water being uh, tainted through some cyber some cyber attack, right? Yeah. The old LSD in the water reservoir story yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> from the sixties, and yeah. um, that is that is an issue. There's no question that that is a big gaping hole. It's you know it's funny you don't see it happen a lot. You know even now I'm I'm sort of keeping an eye on what's happening in the Ukraine. I haven't heard of anybody poisoning reservoirs. I think that's a pretty aggressive act of war. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a remote possibility. What I think is more likely to happen is for the the machinery of the city to be interrupted in some way through a cyber attack, and now they can't physically deliver the water. The pumps break down or contrary orders are given in the system, and all of a sudden, the water pressure goes away. I think that's more likely than, than the tainting of the water. Mm-hmm. And I think it makes sense. If I was prepping right now, I would be thinking of an alternate water source. I would have my well source set up as a, as a backup. Mm-hmm. And I think businesses will need to start thinking about their water risk that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still, you're, you're still going to rely on the city for it. Just the same way that I rely on the electrical grid for my power, but I have a battery backup. You're mm-hmm. going to, you're going to still get your water from the city. And then if things fail, you should have a fallback from the aquifer. But unfortunately this, you know, it's a lot of money to spend on an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. The idea of decentralization, can that address cyber risks, let's say, in other utilities like the electrical grid? In the case of the electrical grid, you have people generating their own power through mostly solar. Mm-hmm. And that is really good because they can fall back on their own resources. I mean, I'm old enough to have been through the, the great uh, New York blackout mm-hmm. uh, that occurred back in the 60s. So people increasingly have solar. Mm-hmm. But I think that. It's going to have to really, really, really get a lot worse for people to seriously start thinking about this. And I think that's most people's attitude. It's like, it's something that somebody takes care of, and it only worries me if all of a sudden there's no water. 
Yeah, I think the, the this certainly the solar has made some advances. I, I'm halfway there. I do have solar panels on my roof, but I don't have the batteries in the mm-hmm. garage, so I'm still relying upon the grid. But yeah, you, you just don't hear the conversations, and I guess that's the one of the major problems with infrastructure is the funding. I mean, how do we overcome the funding issues? Well, the first thing is, and I've sort of gotten on a mission. There is a social justice side of this, which is we have populations like what we just saw in Jackson, Mississippi, that are being shortchanged with their health. Lead in the pipes, brown water, all that stuff. It is a scandal. And if we make it like, hey, this is important. And by the way, you don't have to raise $3 billion to solve the problem. Just offload the, the business and agriculture users through what is now a very mature decentralized system. That is a message that we're shouting. I believe that we just have to start through these podcasts, through the press, through various means, get people thinking about, hey, well, wait a minute. What about if we just went for self-reliance? What about that? Why not go self-reliant? Let's go, go back a little bit to decentralization. You're uniquely qualified having brought you know, a cyber, cyber defender with an IPO of a, a cybersecurity software company. You know, what are the risks, you know, and from a cybersecurity perspective, what's the advantage? You know, because obviously decentralization is expanding the attack surface. Is that not a problem? Well, you're creating fewer points of failure, right? The The internet was originally designed to be a fail-safe network. It, it is no longer, but originally it was set up on the basis of these independent nodes that would operate on a store and forward basis. It was very effective. It was effective design. You could, and that what it was was decentralized. The internet originally was decentralized. Today, we could do the same thing with water. You reduce the points of failure. Now you're saying, well, yeah, but you know, some brewery could get infected. Fine, so the brewery gets infected, but doesn't it doesn't infect the whole network, right? Mm-hmm. So you're 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 reducing the amount of problems, and it's like um, a blackout of a big energy grid. If, if there's a lot of redundancy built into it through solar, et cetera, then it's not going to go down quite okay. as fast. Mm-hmm. So in general, decentralization is a good thing. And uh, given the fact that we know human nature and there will be vulnerabilities, you know, if you ever hear the story about how they fi- the uh, Mongols finally conquered the Great Wall of China, they just bribed one of the uh, tower commanders. <laughs> okay. That was it. <laughs> I was expecting something a little bit more <laughs> expounded than that. They just, <laughs> just walked in. In other words, the the there are, the, the human factor is the big weakness. Yeah. You can have all the systems you want, but at the end of the day, there's people are in charge of it, right? And that's that's really the problem is that the human link is going to cause problems. And you're not going to get out of that. You're mm-hmm. not going to only get rid of the human factor. Yeah. Um, and that's the that's the nature of it. So the best thing to do, here, here's what happens. When you decentralize, what are you doing? You're installing newer systems. You're modernizing the network. Mm-hmm. So over time, like, you know, I bought a Tesla. Okay. So I therefore modernized this little platform that I have. It's a smart car. It has all kinds of safety features. I've upgraded my whole driving experience with the Tesla. So water as a service, what we call water on demand, um, is probably the best solution to the problem. And we're just going to have to lobby for centralized improvements. But remember, the more we do decentralization, 
the easier life is going to be for all those municipal providers. Mm-hmm. Riggs, you mentioned the uh, the LSD in the water in the 60s, but there was a hack in Oldsmar, Florida, the water treatment plant there. Um, that was an example of a break-in. I mean, would you say that critical infrastructure is in the crosshairs of bad actors in nation states right now? Critical infrastructure, yes. I think they're more focused on power, frankly. Okay. Why is that? It, it's more dramatic, okay. right? You can do a lot more harm faster with, um, uh, the, you take down the grid, everybody notices you, right? Yeah. yeah. One second to the next. Thank you very much. Yeah. But you uh, still remember the blackout in New York. So, I mean, it has long lasting effects, I guess. Uh, there was a big birth spike right after that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> People be spending 12 hours in an elevator. Eventually something happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, Riggs, um, you know, you've had a great, you had an amazing career. Why at this stage focus on water systems and cybersecurity needed to protect it at this stage of your career? It, you know, it's true that I did not choose to be in water. I came out of high tech and uh, then my first, the beginning of this company was in a biofuel replacement called algae. Fascinating. I was having a lot of fun, but in a way um, you're kind of drawn to the things that need you most, I would say. So willy-nilly, I found myself initially waging an uphill battle. Let me tell you, in 2016, when I started talking about decentralized water, people were like, huh, what? Today, it's uh, people are getting it. You know, they go, okay, I get it. You know, self-reliance is important. More and more people are aware that mm-hmm. self-reliance is super important. So I, I think that, you know, high tech is migrating to every industry. Yeah. So the high tech mentality of disruption and the whole high tech... Um, life cycle, which is a continuous life cycle, is um, is something that's coming to to legacy markets. That's what that's why Airbnb took over hotels and Uber took over taxis. Yeah. Um, and it's gonna happen in water. It's happening already. So I'm really feeling like I'm in the right place to be doing this. I love it. I I really think it's you know it's so unique. And let me tell you how many people go, oh, you're doing water. Thank God. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I so appreciate it. People are aware that there's a problem. They really mm-hmm. are. If you had any advice for the central providers, how can they protect us, the citizens, better? Yeah. Well, first of all, let's just take one step at a time. Number one, let's promote the decentralization thing because that'll the more we do it, the more robust the system will be. And, and that will tend to bring about recycling and so forth. Number two, let's try to um, bring the problem to the attention of policymakers like, hey, we got a problem. Let's do something. Let's keep Keep pushing along. Yeah. It'll get better. Yep. Yep. Well, I can hear the passion in your voice, Rick. So I appreciate the time today. Such a pleasure, Mike. It's been a yeah. pleasure talking about this. I look forward to um, you know, you spreading the word. It's yep. one pos- one podcast at a time. I've been talking with Riggs Eckleberry. CEO of Origin Clear. If you'd like to read more about the rising threats to critical infrastructure and the innovative ways to defend it, check out Tanium's new online cyber news magazine at tanium.com. To hear more conversations with today's top business leaders and security experts, make sure to subscribe to Let's Converge on your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating. Thanks for listening. We look forward to sharing more cyber insights on the next episode of Let's Converge.